What's up, people? This is a holiday edition of Just for Sport. I'm Jamoke. As I hope you are enjoying this long weekend. I am uh, looking forward to it myself, getting some family time. And I want to start with one of the best things. One of the things I've really enjoyed um, is um, watching the watching the World Cup, but really seeing uh, you know my son who's been playing soccer. One of my sons who's been playing soccer and really getting into watching it. But at the same time, his patience isn't quite there. So it's um, really funny to see that, to be able to say that it is early, early Thursday morning. And we just finished Argentina, Saudi Arabia. I knew the final, but we didn't want to let him know what the final was. So we just kept it quiet because we watched 10 minutes here, five minutes there, half an hour there. We just finished it. He's like, whoa, I can't believe Argentina got upset by Saudi Arabia. So that was just really, you know, funny to see how um, it was just funny and cool to see his reaction to them losing. What what would that mean to him, if anything? And, you know, because he does he has his first jersey was number 10. And it wasn't a thing where we were pushing, oh, it's just like Messi. I wasn't even thinking about it. Oh, it's just like Pele. It's just like Pulisic. But all of a sudden, he started thinking about, oh, wait, who is, who is, uh, who wears number 10 that plays at that level? And so we would tell him who it is. And now he's he's checking out Messi, but he also looks at Ronaldo as well. Um, but it's been great to watch. Um, I was surprised as well that Argentina was upset. Um, it was, uh, I just didn't expect that to happen. And I'm sure many people didn't, but not many people also expected, uh, Germany to lose to Japan in their first game. And, you know, so it's, it's exciting. And, you know, as I'm recording this, we've got, um, some big games coming up today that'll be fun to watch portugal versus ghana um portugal i mean come on you expect them to win uh today we've got brazil versus serbia brazil is a favorite to win it all um and uh well the earliest game coming up in an hour or so is uruguay versus south korea which is Kind of a closer match, but really not. But then again, you think about how Saudi Arabia won, and you're like, well, you you never know. You just never know. But I hope that you are enjoying the World Cup. Um, there have been um, a lot of problems that that have really been disappointing, considering how many years... Um, it has been for them to prepare for the World Cup to have so many problems. And the biggest 
issue for me when you think of how a country who's got billions, billions of dollars is still having trouble with housing and putting up people in tents in the desert with like basic ability to wash up. But that's like it. You know, I mean, the accommodation should have been way better. But the problem is, that's what happens when you give a country, give FIFA to a country who's not prepared for it. And probably and realistically, they don't want to be prepared for it. They just wanted the games to be able to say, I've got the games. That's it. And they paid a bunch of the officials thousands and probably, you know, millions of dollars. What am I talking about? Thousands, millions of dollars to be able to host the game. And they all put that in their coffers and they're probably staying in five-star hotels while the fans who are the ones who are paying to go to the games basically are, you know, don't have the same um, amenities. And that's just sad. That's the one thing you didn't want to happen to the World Cup when you hear about the bribery um, for the all of the FIFA officials, when you f hear about or read about um, the, the migrant workers that died building the different stadiums and you know, you find out about all of these hotels, et cetera, et cetera. Like, it's just, it's just not good. It really isn't. But I am enjoying the games, and hopefully now that Sepp Blatter's no longer in charge, maybe some things will change with FIFA, but I pro probably not. Russia bought the World Cup too, right? I mean, everybody's got to pay, pay the price, and it's not, that's not how the game should be awarded but you know it's the world we live in and the people in power that can make change hopefully they will make change and until then i find it very hard for me to not watch sticking with soccer i saw that the tampa bay buccaneers ownership family the glaziers are selling manchester united for seven million i think that this is a very unprecedented time where ownership groups are really getting rid of teams. They are basically, I, my question is, why are they getting rid of them? We understand that like in Phoenix, that team is being sold because of what um, Sarver did. And his punishment is he loses the Phoenix Suns. But I think when you look at the Nationals selling, Washington's going to be up for sale. I mean, so my thing is that for all of, you don't want to be working for a company. You don't want to have people in charge that abuse their power like no misconduct should be tolerated but i personally cannot remember a time when this many teams were up for sale across major league baseball 
the NFL, the NBA, NHL, and let's throw in EPL. They were in different circumstances, but you think Chelsea just got sold, or bought rather, by DMV's own Todd Bowley. Yeah, that's right. He's from he's from Maryland. And you know, in D in we all kind of represent DC, Maryland, Virginia. That's why you say DMV. And I think that this is an unprecedented time. I mean, in the NFL, you've got the Denver Broncos up for sale. Chelsea was just sold. Manchester United's up for sale. The Nationals are up for sale. It's just it's just a lot right now. And I've never seen it like this. There is a surge in teams being sold, basically. It is hands down there were there seem to be a large number of teams that are up for sale. And I question I wonder if if some of it has to do with either the headache of not winning and fans not being happy, um, the salaries going up, that ownership groups feel like the overhead is just too much to own a team. It's just not worth it. The return on investment is not good. You know, maybe the margins of profit are, you know, it's just slim. You have a losing season, all of a sudden you feel like you're not making a profit. Maybe like your your profit is like a million dollars, two million dollars after you, you know, pay for the operation of the stadium and the players and the staff, insurance, et cetera, et cetera. It's a lot. And I'm sure, you know, unions would maybe say, no, that's probably not the case. But it's still just for me and maybe for you you're looking at it too like wait what is going on why are all of these teams up for sale Liverpool's up for sale Toronto Blue Jays are up for sale it's a lot and it's going to be interesting to see how ownership changes hands. I would love, man, if I had that money, I would love to buy the Washington Commanders. They're the team I grew up watching. That would be fun. But look, even if I won the lottery, maybe I could be a minority owner. Just have a little piece. Just have a little piece. Just have a little peace. I was watching some of the NBA and the Warriors tweeted out this stat line that was really interesting that Andrew Wiggins had a plus 28. No one in NBA history has achieved this unique stat line or better. 31 points, 67% shooting from the field. I don't, I, 
12 of 18 shooting, 6 of 10 from 3, and he made one free throw, plus 28. I just thought that was kind of neat when you find little unique stats like that. But realistically, looking at the the NBA, um, I had I called that game. I said that the Celtics would win. Um, I took them at minus 6. They beat Dallas, as expected. Boston is the best team in the NBA. And that's interesting considering, you know, maybe Emil Doka, maybe you have to say, I don't know, maybe he really isn't the great coach. And that was the reason why, considering that Joe Missoula is the head coach now, and they're still rolling. They're 9-1 in their last 10. Now the Bucks are right behind them at 12-5. and five. You got Phoenix right there, the Nuggets, the Pelicans surging, I told you. Take this Pelicans. If you're looking for a team, you never know. That's the team. In my mind, they have the, I don't it's, I always say poor man's Kevin Durant. Durant. I'm going to say the younger, more under the radar Kevin Durant and Brandon Wiggins. They have, what did I say? Sorry. Brandon Ingram. Uh, Zion Williamson, who everyone knows what Zion was supposed to be. Maybe this is a year. And they have that. Sweet sharpshooter in C.J. McCollum. That, that's a that's a triumvirate. That is right there. And I think they are going to be formidable if they are healthy down the stretch. So uh, watch out. Watch out for the Pelicans. That's the team. But for me, right now, it's kind of like, I did notice, which was really bizarre, the NBA gave every team off for... Um, the holiday, it seems like it. It seems like it. Um, some of the things that happened since I last did a pod, I thought that the Sixers-Nets game did not live up to the hype. Yeah, it was a return of Ben Simmons, but I even thought the boos were tame. I really did. I uh, got uh, whatever. I just didn't think that. Well, one, I certainly didn't think I didn't think Philly would win. No Harden, no Embiid, no Maxi, and they still get the W over the Nets. And that's because I think the Nets are soft. They're just not very good. The Nets had Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie. Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant, and they couldn't beat the 76ers. Like, that's an embarrassment. I don't think the team is much different from when Steve Nash was the head coach. I just don't see an improvement with Jacques Vaughn on the team, and I think they're just not a good match together. And if I'm Brooklyn, I might dismantle the team and try to get Wimba Yamba and say, let's just start over. Because none of these players are worth it. Kyrie is not worth it. All of the drama he's brought. This is the final year of his contract. Ben Simmons is not, in my mind, a franchise player. He's a good defender. He's a role player to me. That's what I think of. I think he's been overhyped in making an all-star team. He's a role player. And I think Kevin Durant, with his age and how ornery he is, and the fact that he even asked for a trade at the beginning of the season, if I'm Brooklyn, I'd rather just say, let, let's, let's just try to get Wimba Yama and start fresh. 
Let's trade these guys, get some draft picks. Um, and if there's a chance to get Wimbayama, great. And even if there isn't, maybe it's just better to just start over fresh anyway. Maybe that's the best thing. Maybe that's the best thing. The Clippers, they're three games over 500. But I just don't know if this team will ever get over the injury bug. Paul George is missing games again. I think another player that you might as well trade because it's been too much of a headache, and I don't think he really wants to play, is Kawhi Leonard. The incentive for him to get out on the court is simply not there. That's that's just my feeling. And it, it's not... It's not like I know. And I want them to win. I want the Clippers to win. I want them to win also because of, you know, I want to see John Wall on the winning team. I want to see Robert Covington on the winning team. Those are two guys that I've worked with and I root for. But when you have Ty Lue saying that, oh, Kawhi Leonard, he woke up with soreness in his ankle. I just, I'm just simply saying that I just don't know if these guys are ever going to be healthy again. There's always going to be something. And I think the key to winning a championship is consistency. And that consistency starts with not just, oh, consistently shoot well, but consistently be on the court. And they seem to have an injury bug in the Clippers, and they're trying to hold on and hold on, and hopefully things will come together. And realistically, to an extent, you could say, well, you only need to come together towards the end of the season. But at the same time, what if you get to the end of the season and it's like, oh, all of a sudden you lose a player again, and you're back to where you started from. So that consistency of having the same lineup every night, that's really important. And I think that the Clippers are missing that. And they've missed it for a while. They've missed it for a while. Player I could I wouldn't miss is definitely Patrick Beverly pushing DeAndre Ayton the way he did. Let me tell you something. If it wasn't for the simple fact that this was um this is a new day and age in terms of the this this would have been like Palace in the Mal Malice in the Palace. And nobody wants to see that. But the way he, you know, he pushed Chris Paul in the back when Patrick Beverly was a clipper in the playoffs with the Suns. And that was a very dangerous play. Okay, Aiton stood over Reeves a little bit. But, I mean, come on. Nah, I'm, I'm good with that. Because the thing is, even if Beverly's like, oh, I'm a foxhole guy, I'm committed to a team, to a city, blah, blah, blah. Give me a break. I don't think it was that big of a deal. And the crazy thing is, if you look at the video, it's not, there weren't like other Lakers coming up there. Even the Phoenix players. There was, I can't remember which player was. He basically ran right past, past Patrick Beverly after he pushed him. 
and went over to his teammate, the Suns. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but like back in the day, that probably would have been that Phoenix player would have hit Beverly or at least got up in his face and said a few words. He just like walked past him. Granted, I'm not quite like I could hear everything, but certainly the body language didn't say, you know, whatever choice words you should have for an opponent after pushing one of your star players, arguably your second best player on the team, who could have been really hurt by that. Reeves was not hurt. Okay, it was a little hard foul, whatever. It wasn't that big a deal. It was not that big a deal. I just think it's a bit much. It just seemed like it was a bit much. But the it's a little early in the NBA. It kind of is. So, it's just... I don't know. Um, I didn't really talk about the FXT situation in Miami. I've, I've never... Out of curiosity, out of curiosity, I bought like $10 in uh, cryptocurrencies. But to see what's happening now with FTX, to think that the NBA, why the NBA, why players are y'all getting into this cryptocurrency? I want, as Randy Moss said, straight cash, homie, straight cash. Cash, homie. That's it. That's it. That's all that we want. And all this cryptocurrency, this is only the beginning. In my mind, I feel like this is only the beginning. And... I think that it has shown it has shown that it's I just don't think it's I don't think it's right if you will. I don't think it's right for the economy. I think too many people are lured in i mean i was just curious how where the money would go but like no nah, i'm good and now you see with ftx falling and it's a shame when you think of the number of athletes and entertainers and companies that have lost millions of dollars investing in ftx and cryptocurrency I just, I just don't like it. I just don't like it. What I do like is it's it's a Thursday tradition where families get together today and celebrate a meal and watch NBA. And I'm going to a Thanksgiving at a family member's house on my wife's side that I've never been to before for Thanksgiving. So I'm looking forward to spending time with family together. But I can't help but be like, hmm, but are we going to be watching football over there? That's, that's the part that I was like, hmm, I don't know. Three games today, and they're good games. Bills-Lions, now why are you saying that's a good game? 
because I feel like the Bills have not quite been the Bills and the Lions have won three in a row. You never know what's going to happen today. Giants-Cowboys, a good divisional matchup. You can't go wrong there. Patriot-Vikings, of course, you know, I always want to see. I'm going to be paying attention to Kirk Cousins. Here we go. Prime time. What Kirk Cousins is going to show up? Let's see if he can fix that narrative a little bit. Most likely uh, not based on his track record, but we shall see. And with that in mind, I'm getting ready to do my gut check picks right now. All right. Today, Bills at the Detroit Lions. Bills couldn't even play at home if they wanted to. The Lions are the home dog at plus nine and a half. I'm going to take the home dog. Giants-Cowboys. Cowboys are favored at minus 10. This is a divisional game. The Cowboys looked really, really good lately. But I'm going to take the Giants at plus 10. The Patriots plus 2.5 against the Vikings. I'm going to take the Vikings at minus 2.5. I think Kirk Cousins can do this one. He can get this one. Texans at the Dolphins. Dolphins are favored at minus 13 and a half. I'm going to take them as the home favorite. Ravens, Jaguars. Ravens are on, are the, uh, Jaguars rather are the, are the home dog. I'm going to take the Ravens at minus three and a half. Bengals at the Titans. The Titans are at home. I'm going to take the Titans at plus two and a half. Another home dog. What's going on? Falcons at the Washington Commanders. The Commanders are favored at minus four and a half at home. Uh, I'm not a big Taylor Heineke fan. I think he's a 500 ball player. As I said before, there's a reason he was at Old Dominion. And Washington is so desperate for a quarterback. I hope last year, next year, we can have a really awful season and get Caleb Williams, DMV's own Caleb Williams, who's now at USC. He's got one more year there, hopefully. But I'm going to take the Commanders at minus four and a half. Jets hosting the Bears. The Bears didn't look good last time. The Jets, I'm not sure what's going on with that quarterback controversy. If Mike White actually will make a difference. Zach Wilson, you know, he was critical of his team and his teammates. And he was mad at his coach for benching him. Then he had to apologize to the locker room. Somebody hit him upside the head and was like, yo, what are you doing? I, but in the Bears, they just aren't really that good either. I just don't know. It's two teams that I just don't quite understand what's going on there. I'm going to take the Jets at minus six. If what the reports prove true, that, that Mike White has the locker room a little bit more, I'm going to take the Jets at home. Broncos at the Panthers. The Panthers are the home dog. I am going to take... The Broncos at minus one and a half. They do still have Russell Wilson. Buccaneers at the Browns. The Buccaneers are favored at minus three and a half. I'm going to take the Buccaneers. Raiders at Seahawks. The Seahawks are favored at minus three and a half. I'm going to take the home favorite there. Chargers at the Cardinals. Chargers are favored at minus three. Who knows what's going to happen to Kyler Murray? He says he's going to play. I'm going to take the Cardinals as a home dog at plus three. Saints 49ers. 49ers are favored at almost 10 points, nine and a half against the Saints. I'm going to take the Niners. They look good in Mexico with with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, quarterback. Uh, watch out for the 49ers. They may be that Super Bowl team. 
Rams, Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored at minus 15 and a half against the Rams. I feel like that's a little too much. I'm going to take the Rams at plus 15 and a half. Oh, well, I don't know. Uh, that is a lot of points. Uh, now I'm yeah, now I'm taking the Rams. I'm taking the Rams. Packers, Eagles. Eagles are favored at minus six and a half at home. It's a night game. I'm gonna take the Eagles there. Uh Aaron Rodgers, of course, uh recently just said that he's uh hurt his thumb, so his right thumb is broken. So I feel like the Green Bay Packers have been broken all season and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, are flying high, if you will. Monday night, Steelers at the Colts. The Colts are favored at minus two and a half. I will take the Colts at minus two and a half. So here are my gut check picks. Colts minus two and a half. Eagles minus six and a half. Rams plus 15 and a half. 49ers minus nine and a half. Cardinals plus three. Seahawks minus three and a half. Buccaneers minus three and a half. Broncos minus one and a half, Jets minus six, Commanders minus four and a half, Titans plus two and a half, Ravens minus three and a half, Dolphins minus 13 and a half, Vikings minus two and a half, Giants plus 10, and the Lions plus 10. And that'll do it for Just for Sport. Enjoy your uh, holiday weekend. I am going to as well with some family and friends. I'll probably get a little work done too. That'll do it for Justice for I'm Jim O.K. Davis. Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over-under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code J for Sport, and Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the Prize Picks app today.